Kia ora mai tātou, nau mai hoki mai ki te kōna i porangi a Marine Engineering. Ko tēnei te hōtaka te te kaumārima. Welcome back to another episode of the Marine Engineering Podcast, episode 15. This episode we have Hari Smith. He's based in Taumaranui and recording from Hamilton and works as a cadet engineer now. He's recently begun his mahi as an engineer actually. And so we speak on that and his journey into the engineering space. Not only that, he has done some pretty awesome stuff with one of his iwi, Ngāti Henerangi, through helping create what was a whare kōrero during land negotiations. So we talk on that and I think that's pretty interesting as well. Hari is an awesome person and actually listened to the podcast as well, um, organically, which I really appreciate. Um, I didn't have to tell him to listen to it or anything and he... Um, reached out and said he really loved it and felt like I really wanted to talk with him so I'm really really glad I did and I'm really excited for you to hear what he has to say too. And apologies is in order from my behalf um, on the lateness of this episode I had a few personal um, had a few personal stuff come up which meant I was down in auto tahi a bit longer than I thought but I'm now up in Tifanganui Atara again with all my stuff and a lot more energy to go into the podcast. So really appreciate your patience with that. I'm actually have heaps of time to do it now. I'm currently in COVID lockdown isolation, so if I sound a bit weird, that's why. Um, I anyway enough about that. But yeah, just wanted to say a massive mihi to you all to everyone who's reached out to basically ask where the podcast is, um, which means that you're all engaged. So I really appreciate it. Um, if you do want to connect with me, there is on the website, um, marineengineering.com, there is on the website a space to fill out a form to email me directly. I'm still trying to figure out a way to bring all of our kōrero together, um, so if you have any, if you have any, um, enlightening whakaaro on that, I would love to hear it, so also connect with me about that too. Um, I. But yeah, just massive mahi to everyone who is engaging and listening. Just really appreciate the tōtoko here. And that is it from me um, as a solo kind of speaker. Enjoy the episode with Hari e te iwi. Ie noi tauau. Hi honore, hi korore ki te atoe. Hi maungorongo ki te whenua. Hi whakarupai ki nga tangata katoa. Hange e te atoe i nga kauhau. Ki roto ki tēna ko tēna o mātou. Whakatongi e te wairua tapu. Hei a whena hi tohutau i a mātou. Hei a ko hoki e nga mahi mo tēnei rā. Amine. Amine. Kia ora, Hari. How are you doing? Kia ora. Uh, tino pai ho. I'm very good. Thank you, Elise. How are you? I'm good. Um, so good, actually. I'm really excited to be speaking with you. Um, like, yeah, saying before, kind of off, off the recording. Been looking forward to this all day. Um, we've only connected virtually and... And I remember being really elated when I finished that corridor with you. So very excited for this one. Thank you. To get started, would you like to mm-hmm. give it a little bit um, of an introduction of yourself? Call Waikwe. Uh, kia ora, Elise. Uh, tēnei te mihi kia koe te tuatahi mo tō mahi i tēnei mahi mua mātou te, te ui Māori. Kia whakakorero mai mātou ki a tātou, kia rongorongo mai ama ki a tō tātou nei uh, paki waitara i o mātou nei kōrero. Ki ronga i te upurangi nei, mō reira tēnei te mihi ki a koe, mō mahi nunu i rawa atu, mō mātou, mō reira tēnei te mihi ki a koe. Kia ora. Uh, uh, mō, uh, mō te whare tapu o Ngāpuhi tōki māma, uh, ko hikirangi te maunga, ko tau mārere te awa, ko Ngātu ki mata whaoroa te waka, ko, uh, ko mata waia te marae, 
miria te faki parikai korangi mari te fare puni no reta tena gihi ki a koe e te faia e te fare tapu nga apuhi a i te taho o toku tāpa a ko Māori horo te maunga ko manga piko te awa a ko Ngāti toko poko te hapu ko Ngāti hinerangi te iwi a tēnei te mihi ki a koutou ki o koe te marae tēnei te mihi a ko ai a hau, who am I? Um, yeah, my mother's from Moirawa, beautiful part of the of Northland, and my father's from Matamata, Tipoi, and um, I'm Hari Smith. I am a civil engineer cadet working out of Taumarunui, and uh, yeah, very very honoured to be here. And once again, thanks to you for you know bringing this uh, this to us, our people, and to mm. let us share our stories and our trials and our tribulations amongst ourselves, so we can only strengthen our bonds together in this industry that we're in engineering. So, not at the time, Kia ora. So, I'll pick out a few things from there. So, on yep. your mum's side, Ngāpuhi, and on your dad's yep. side, Ngāti Hinealangi. Yep. That's okay, cool. So, is that, did you grow up within those bounds? Where did you grow up? Uh, so, no. So, my parents got together in uh, Matamata. Uh, my grandfather on my uh, mother's side worked for the railways and they had a, um, they ended up in Matamata and then after that my parents got together and they moved to uh, to Whakapapa village actually which lies in the Tongariro National Park um, because my dad found work there driving trucks, mm. uh, metal trucks for lands and survey which is now um, uh, what's called now Department of Conservation and so I grew up down there with my older sister and myself and um, yeah it was it's kind of a different upbringing because we're born very, you know, we were raised very, very rural. You know, it's now with nice cars, it's about 45 minutes to the nearest new world. Um, but unlike those that are raised rural on farms and stuff like that, um, we didn't have any animals because you're not allowed mm. pets or anything in the national park. <laughs> mm. um, our, our pets were, you know, the native birds and, and the native bush that we were, you know, very fortunate to have around us. Uh, it snows for three months of the year and you're not buried in snow like it comes and goes but you know it's not unheard of at least once a year to get snowed in for a couple of days three days mm. and um, yeah that was my upbringing you know just a beautiful uh, rural upbringing in a village of no more than 150 in the winter time Whoa. with winter skier workers very small yeah. town very small yeah. village so would you say it was close-knit uh, yes very much so um, the only way you can live in Whakapapa villages, you either have to work for the ski field, Department of Conservation, or one of the hotels. Um, and they are the ones who have uh, ownership of the houses. Um, so you had to be working for one of them to live there. So you could never buy a property. And obviously, that's the best thing about it. Because, mm. um, you know, the, the houses would never be sold to private ownership because they are for those companies to be able to operate. So, um, yeah, very, very close knit very close yeah. it was wonderful because did you work within that space not too long ago right yes yes so uh yep born and raised right five minutes below whakapapa ski field so uh out of high school out of rotorua boys high mm -hmm. um i went and worked for the ski fields after a missed opportunity getting into the uh, engineering program at auckland university and uh, yeah, had to go get a job. So got a job on the ski fields. And uh, yeah, the only other things you can do in Whakapapa Village is 
you either join the fire service, join search and rescue, or you spend a lot of time partying. So I joined fire service, search and rescue, and worked on the ski field. So <laughs> it's been great. I, oh, I regret I nothing. It was an amazing thing. Yeah. So it was engineering something you were saying, Auckland Uni, you're wanting to go yeah. there. What, what yeah. kind of, kind of going a little bit back, what sparked the interest in engineering from that get-go? Um, well, my dad uh, worked for lots of people during, the, uh, during his time in the village. So um, he was, uh, he'd work for Lands and Survey, but he'd also do mm. work for the ski field, clearing roads. Um, you know, anyone who needed help, he would, he would be there and he'd always put the work in for, um, for the village and for the community. And so with that, um, you know, you work on the ski field. So you see mechanical, you know, one of the ski, um, sorry, ski lifts, mm. um, snow groomers, snowmobiles and stuff. I, I remember younger, we had a very good family friend who ran the maintenance teams on the ski field and he'd drive around on a skidoo on a snowmobile. You know, I was, I was quite old. It was about eight or, eight or nine or something like that. And I said, yeah. I want to do that job because I want to ride around on snowmobiles. And, <laughs> and my parents always said, oh, you know, you've got to do a lot to, uh, to do that job. So, um, yeah, but you just see those sorts of things and you're a part of it, um, just being local and understanding the sort of, okay, you can't open a ski lift if the wind's too high. Um, you can, sorry, you can open a ski lift if the wind's coming down the lift, but you can't mm. open a ski lift if it's going across the lift because mm, it swings right. too much and you get, you know, sort of seats. So, um, yeah, that's probably where I get that sort of feel from. And I love, yeah. and I love planes. I love helicopters. <laughs> I love, <the> <laughs> love it. Um, so, yeah, and you said miss opportunity to Auckland. So do you want to talk about what happened there or, yeah? Yeah, that's fine. It's, uh, it's probably mostly on my part now that I've sort of had time to reflect on it. Mm. Um, so I was, I was an all right student. I wasn't the best student in, in high school. Um, I had just below a merit average. And I knew I was pushing it to get into Auckland's program on the first shot. But mm. I gave it a shot, you know, put in my application. And anyway, it got back to me, uh, it must have been January or something like that, and said, oh, you know, you can't go straight into the program, but if you go and do the you know, do your math, do a math paper before for a semester. Mm. And if you can get your math scores up and your number of physics is right, and if you can get your calculus scores up, mm. uh, you can you can come and join the uh, course in the second semester. And I just sort of said, yep, because I was at a friend's house. And then I sort of just left it to them to send me anything. And I didn't do any groundwork of my own to go and actually chase it up. And I just sort of said, oh, you know, they didn't get back to me, you know, and, you know, I, you know, it was their fault. And I, I did harbour a few feelings about that. But now that I retrospectively look back in my journey, I'm like, nah, I should have been chasing them. I should have done mm -hmm. something more than I, more than I had done. So I, I take responsibility for that and hold no grudge or anything anymore because it was my fault. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Just roles. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So you spend some time on the ski fields and then, then what happened? Yeah, so I spent uh, seven seasons, seven winter seasons, oh. uh, working my yeah. <laughs> so I worked my way up from lift attendant to ISA, um, up through the ranks of snowmaking, and then at 21, uh, they let me run a snowmaking team uh, during day shift for about three years, I think it was, and then 
I went back to lifts uh, because uh, my now wife and I were having a baby and uh, snowmaking, um, for those who don't know, snowmaking isn't exactly the most social of hours. Uh, you work 12 hours a day, uh, pretty much seven days a week if the weather's right for snowmaking, which is clear, cold weather. Mm -hmm. So you may not work for a week, two weeks, but you may work for a month and a half in a go just if the weather's wow. good and you've got time. So, yeah, um, I loved it, though. Like, mm. I love the camaraderie. I love what, what you get into. Um, de-icing itself is quite a challenging and physical job. So you're up at 5.30 in the morning on the ski fields in the worst weather, um, climbing ski towers and... Uh, you know, 90 kilometer an hour winds and hail and rain and snow um, mm -hmm. in order to keep the lifts running. So, um, yeah, but you, you forge bonds. Um, you understand what it's like to be in the worst, <laughs> in the worst places at the worst time and, mm -hmm. and feeling that sort of camaraderie and, and brotherhood. Um, well, yeah, camaraderie, I suppose, is the better word, to yeah. be bonded together to do that sort of work. So I loved it. And um, yeah, but after uh, working on the ski fields, I got a bit of work for Doc in a more permanent way. And then the, um, the pandemic happened. And um, after that, my contract with uh, Department of Conservation lapsed and I was in need of some work. So I quickly messaged my friends on the ski field and said, hey, you know, can you take me on for the winter? And they, they said, yep, yep, you can jump straight back in. I was like, cool. And then... Uh, through a conversation with a good family friend at the pub, as all good things happen in, in life. Um, um, he sort of floated the thing and said, hey, we've got a consultant that works on our local roads. Um, they're thinking about taking another cadet on. Would you be interested? And I said, absolutely. Yep. And so I got in touch with uh, the GHD and here we are. Um, they mm. offered me a cadetship and now I work for GHD out of Tamarunui. Cool. So what, what is a cadetship for those listening who may not know? Uh, so uh, basically, um, I'm on my way to becoming, uh, to getting my, uh, sorry, my diploma in civil engineering mm -hmm. uh, through uh, WIT, so the Western Institute of Technology. And the cadetship basically just says that I work and I, I work and then GHD cover my costs for my course papers and my stay and my fuel for me to study towards my diploma and it's a very you know I'm very privileged to have that to have that um, sort of support from them because it's a big deal you know mm. um, I have to drive from Tomaranui up to here so that's a lot of fuel now and where's you know, here, hotels sorry? aren't cheap and everything sorry where's here oh to, to, oh, to Hamilton sorry yeah, yeah. I have to drive right. from Tomaranui to Hamilton yeah, so it's about you know two and a half hours drive and then hotels mm. aren't cheap Mm. Um, so yeah, very very privileged to um, for them to be supporting me in that way. So yeah, very very lucky. Yeah, right. Yeah, I um obviously you're someone who that they want to want to support as well. So I'm sure it's 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 a two way two way deal in that sense. I, I like to think so. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you're in your life. You're starting to be an engineer. Is it what you expected? Uh, yeah, it's it's quite close. So from the ski fields and stuff, you. So I'm very much a a on and at the coalface type of person by working yeah. on the ski fields. So you see engineering in action. So you see 
you know, if I pull on that cable hard enough, something's going to snap at some point, <laughs> you know, and you, you know, if I pull on that, that chain block too hard, something's going to break. So you, you, you see engineering and it's thing. And I've met some amazing engineers in my time on the ski fields, those that build ski lifts and build, mm. you know, mechanics that have built, you know, fully electric snow, snow groomers and, you know, other sorts of equipment, amazing engineers. And it's, it's very much the way I thought it was going to be, you know, to, to deliver on those sorts of outcomes out in the field. You need a strong team that are very well-based, you know, maybe predominant in the office. I don't want to be one of those people, but, you know, those that have the technological and the, te you know, the technical background to be able to mm -hmm. put those sorts of things together is, is uh, yeah, is amazing. It's cool. Yeah, cool. Because what, I suppose you kind of answered that, um, the, this question within that answer, but like, what does being an engineer mean to you? Making the world better. Yeah. Know? It's, yeah, it's a, it's a matter of, you know, and it's something that's not just, you know, strictly Māori per se, um, but it's just something that, that we should be striving for, I believe. Engineering is the betterment of humanity in my mind, whether that be, you know, better, better supplies of water for everybody, you know, better, better access to water, better access to, you know, food, transportation, logistics, um, everything, you know, healthcare, you know, biomedical engineering, you know, and the leaps and bounds that are made in that. It's about mm. doing our best for the betterment of, of all people in, in the world is what I think that engineering is about. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So in this quarter, I'm hearing like a lot of, um, well, that sounded like real teacher. I'm hearing like, you know, um, you were spoken a lot <laughs> about like camaraderie, making things better. Um, I'm wanting mm -hmm. to kind of, another thing that I know about you is how you've supported um, your own whanau within your own iwi um, yeah. with beginning uh, Whare Kōrero. Mm -hmm. Do you, would you like yeah. to talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so my iwi Ngāti Henerangi um, in the Matamata area, uh, or Kauia, uh, we were a, a landless uh, iwi that were pushed out a lot by the land wars and we were left um, without a home, to be honest. And we, we knew where we were from and we knew what, what, we were, um, what we were about, but we didn't have an identity. Mm. So because of our location, we, we stood between uh, Ngāti Raukaua in the south, um, Waikato Tainui in the west, um, up towards the Coromandel, uh, Coromandel and you know, all our, our whānau up there in the north. And then, of course, um, Tauranga Moana, Ngāti Ranginui, Ngāti Rangi, on the other side of the Kaimai Ranges. So lots of strong entities all collide right on top of our, um, right on top of our, our traditional homeland. And so it wasn't until one of our, our kaumātua, uh, Matt Kōpuru, Uncle Matt, he, he came forward with the kōrero basically saying, look, we are actually not Ngāti Raukawa per se, we are not Waikato Tainui, we are not Ngāti Haua, we are Ngāti Hinerangi, we are an eponymous iwi of our own, mm. according to this kōrero. And so we went through, um, my whānau and my people, we went through the journey of, um, of uh, treaty settlement and treaty, making a treaty claim on, of our losses. And um, we, were, we were fortunate to come through, uh, it was two years ago, I believe, 
I'm sorry, my fine are going to get me for that. But you know, we were we were we were lucky enough to to be able to settle and go to a third reading and be recognised as um, Te Pua Waitanga Rongati Hinerangi um, as our own um, post settlement entity. Um, but it was a long journey, and um, like you alluded to, uh, one of the things uh, I forgot my email before we started, mm. but one of the things that is that is quite prevalent in our in our people is that we are of course an oral people you know we we speak and all our traditions are passed on our, our corded or passed on by voice and so the loss of our corded or is very prevalent with our old people that um keep it to themselves don't write it down or if they do write it down it's in some cabinet in the back of the party <laughs> and then when they pass we lose a lot of their stories and so one of the things we did for our claim was one of my aunties, she put together what she called a whare kōrero. So we got together with the Crown. The Crown came to us, uh, to Aumarae, uh, Te Ohaki, and we told them, and we spoke the stories and our truths to them and the things that we we see as the reasons why we, our grievances really, mm. and what those effects have had on our iwi. So we covered, um, you know, being landless, being, you know, having no identity of our own, the loss of our 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 our, our reo, the loss of our, our tikanga um, directly. Well, I did anyway. And, um, you know, we spoke to them and we recorded all of it. So it's, it's locked and it's in public domain. It's on YouTube. <laughs> Look it up. And um, so that's our sort of way to 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 document some of our history and to sort of keep it so that that way it's accessible for our people, not just today, but in the future and for other people that are going through a similar journey to sort of connect and to sort of see that we are not, because we're not a, we're not a big iwi, you know, we're not, you're not looking at a, a, another Ngāpuhi or another Ngāti Tūwharetua or Ngaitahi here, we're, we're mm. a very small iwi, but um, it is nice to know that if you are a smaller iwi, that there are people that have fought the fight before you and you may have some similarities that can uh, be um, you know, brought forth and discussed. I, I think, um, and yeah, it's it is on YouTube. But I was actually meaning to ask you: Is it all good if I share it in the show notes this episode, <laughs> the link yeah, to it? Absolutely, absolutely. Cool. Feel cool. free to, you know, therefore to, yeah. to see and to to have a look at. Yeah, awesome. Because I I felt when I was watching it, I felt like part of it as well. Like I know you were telling the stories but I you you feel as different members of your final speaking you you feel everything of all the emotions that they're expressing as well um absolutely and through your corridor on it I thought it was really powerful um when you were talking about how you when you're moving to to Faritoa and you knew both the kōrero around Tūwharitoa and Ngātahinerangi and saying that you can't forget where you're from? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that kōrero was around the fact that, because like we said at the start, I was I was raised down here, in, um, oh, well, sorry, down in um, Whakapapa, and, you know, in, in the uh, land of Ngāti Tūwharitoa. And that was from, you know, birth to, I went to Rotorua when I was 17. So 17 years of my life was spent amongst the people of Ngāti Tūwharetua. Mm. And, you know, they're my people. I love them. 
you know, I've got great friends and relationships and, you know, they've known me my whole life and um, they're wonderful people. And if it wasn't for them and my, and my family at home, um, I never would have learned Māori probably because, you know, they invited me, you know, I got to go to their, their kohanga reo, to their uh, kuramotu hake, you know, and I learned the reo from their kaumatua. Um, but then it's one of those things where, you know, you learn their, their traditions, their, their, um, what, what they do, and is that what we as Ngāti Hinerangi do? And are those the traditions that we want to bring back? And it's, and it's not. You know, it's it's not what we do. It may be. There's a lot of, mm. you know, things that you can take that cross over both ways. But, you know, what are Ngāti Hinerangi, Ngāti Hinerangi's traditions? And those are things that we are still trying to discover uh, at this point. And, yeah, it's it's a it's a reality for a lot of our our people and a lot of our tribes, you know, that trying to really discover who they are. Mm. So, yeah. Do you think people have a good enough understanding of what is carried by derived from historic disputes like this uh it depends right in my mind mm. I, mm. I, I like that word depends you'll, you'll see soon <laughs> <laughs> um because um there are lots of people um both maori and and non-maori who understand what what grievances and what they're actually about and and there are lots of people that still don't understand what we're actually talking about you know so mm. you know some people will think that you know oh, okay going you know to talk about maybe uh you know white white claim you know the water the, mm. um, claim on the wa- water some people will think oh you know the maori have a very strong affiliation to water like water is is a life force for them water is something that will you know it, it is eponymous to everything they do you don't come from an urupa without putting water on your head you know I don't know about you but when I go to the moana I feel you know I feel relieved I feel I feel you know upheld by the moana and I'm Mm. I'm as fresh water as it gets you know (laughs) (laughs) um but um and then some people will say that all it is is a play for power and they just want control of the water and you know they want to be able to make money off the water so I'd love to be able to say, you know, everyone really understands what we're talking about, but I think that it's not true to be blunt about it. Mm, mm. So, do you see a future yeah. where the differences won't be as stark? Yes, but mm. I think that we have to we have to get away from the hundred percent because hundred percent mm. is a goal we're never going to get to. And I think we need to, in my mind, and this is for a lot of things in my own head, is we need to think about pushing the stone a mill down the road, two millimetres down the road, and just getting little, little bits, because with those smaller, small increases, we get bigger increases later on. Mm. It's just a little bit of movement, a little bit of there um, to think, but yeah. There will be it will be less stark, but yeah, we we can't think of it as a one hundred percent type deal. You know, it's we're never going to get it all, but you just do what you can to get what you can. You know. Mm. Yeah, that's my opinion. Love that. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> so, I suppose how can engineers help in that? How can engineers help honor that? And stop any other any further detriment to Māori within whatever kind of landscape you decide to answer this in. 
<laughs> it's um I think you know we always talk about um you know we know the day that we're we're doing well when Maori language week isn't a thing you know and yeah. it's just every day you know I think there's another way to think about that in my mind and it's in terms of engineering um I think we know when we're getting there when let's say for example a company or a council puts out a tender for a pump station, let's say, or mm. something along those lines. And instead of it being engineer picks it up, designs something, goes and sees afterwards, it's engineer gets tender, goes straight down there to talk to everybody, Māori, you know, um, you know, stakeholders, everybody. And during without putting the tender in, without hanging your hat on it, go and say hey what do you think we can do with this you know mm. and it's a step that's um not seen by the engineering community at this point because we think in terms of see tender come up with solution okay we'll put in for it oh we need to ask you know and i think that if we can spin that to a point where um it's see tender oh we should go down and have a chat to them now and see what they think of this work in general mm. you know or, you know, of course, the golden goal would be, oh, I'll go down and see our, our whānau downstairs in the same office in the same company. And then it's not a trip down to see the iwi itself, but they're in the company is mm. my, my idea of the better future and the future that is attainable. You know, it's not, it's difficult, but it's not impossible. That's mm. the way I see it. That's my life. Yeah, so thinking kind of more outwardly rather than, inward in that sense yeah yeah and you know you always have you know it's always going to come back to the reasons why you can't do it oh you wouldn't do that because you know it, it'll cost money for us to just put the tender in you know and we, we're already losing money before we even get get the bid you know, there's always reasons not to do it but mm. there's always a reason to do it and there's always a reason to ask that question about hey maybe you know they might have some reasons for it and the flip side of it is if you go down with the tender and you say that this work goes down and they say, and I'll find they say, oh, oh, we didn't think they were going to do that. You know, it comes through faster, you know, and mm. those issues are sorted out before things have moved to a point of, um, you know, putting holes in the ground for lack of a better term. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's how I see it. Yeah. Do you have any kind of, concrete things that people could do to enable that so if, say someone's listening they love what you're thinking and what you're what you're saying and they're like yeah we could actually do this and then they don't want to step on toes and have that kind of whole paralysis where they don't do mm. anything because they don't want to do it wrongly yeah absolutely. Do you have any kind of i think it's it's one of those things where these are the times we we rely on the relationships that we have, you know, mm -hmm. and these are the times where you have to look inwardly and look to those that may have more experience. Now, um, as we know, there's not many Maori in industry as it is now, so you're not you may not necessarily looking for a Maori person. And to be honest, unless you know them very well, I wouldn't go hunting for the Maori person in your company straight away because that can get quite. Uh, quite overbearing quite quickly but just talking to people you know as, as Māori ourselves you know we're very much a, 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 a people of relationships 
and you know we you know we we build relationships that's how we do things and so all i would say is that you know start by oh maybe so and so knows something maybe my boss might know somebody who might be able to help with this you know just ask in your own little circle and just see how that pops out because you just never know until you ask the question because mm. some people will surprise you with the things and all the people they know or you know what people are willing to um people who are willing to you know join up with you just you never quite know but talk to people that you that you know why not it's just asking exactly exactly and I kind of I love that because even if I think sometimes we think about catch-ups to be productive and like what's the solution going to come from this catch-up but like you said you're going to kick the stone a, a centimeter every time no matter kind of what you do as well um so if it is catching up with someone you're gonna kick kick the stone a centimeter with understanding and learning even stuff about yourself and stuff about the other person and that'll pay dividends and all add up kind of thing yeah absolutely you know fuck a phenomenal tunnel you know just getting Mm. to know getting to know people and just ask around um you know i think that's it's a big thing that we we forget, and I've seen in engineering is that we we're very very technically minded. Like, you know, we're very much, you know, I could find how much water's in that lake with my measuring stick, and you know, we we're very <laughs> much very technically minded. But some of us are not the best at building relationships and you know talking to people, um, and and trying to build something like that. And it's not our wheelhouse, and that's fine. If it's not mm. in your wheelhouse, that's that's just part of life. Mm. But um. You know, just kick the rock a little bit. Just see what happens. Ask your mate across the across the desk or across the Zoom call and, hey, do you know anyone who might be able to help me with this? You just yeah. never know what might come out. Yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. So no. Is, yeah. is, your, is your mate Lorraine? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I owe a lot to Lorraine. She's, she's done heaps for me. And, yeah, she's awesome. I uh, give full credit to her. She's awesome. Yeah. I was just thinking about this actually the other day when I was mm. walking around in the bad streets of Hamilton. Um, imagine a time, this is me getting my big time thinking head on. Yeah, go on. Imagine a time where we where maybe not just consultants, consultants, contractors work together with Iwi in a way that a quick pro quo type thing, like like my cadetship here, where you have someone who's not got not gotten into university like myself mm-hmm. there are few lots of people that don't make the engineering core at, or engineering core setting imagine a time where we could find those people university say hey look these people you know not that i'm suggesting giving away private details and stuff like that but imagine mm-hmm. a time where universities could say hey look these people didn't quite make the mark but they may want to join a cadetship with you you find the people that you know you find our people in that in that pool of of those that can quite and say, hey, you know, our contractor consultant is working with like Ngati Hinerangi, for example, mm. and you're a member of Ngati Hinerangi. So how would you like to come and join a cadetship with us, help build our contractor or consultant or however you want to think about it, our capability, you know, with your people in mm. your people's land, you know? So I would, uh, if I was to use my as an example, I would mm. go back to Matamata, work with, mm whoever over there study and they would work with you know would work with Ngati Hinerangi 
And then once it comes out, and this is the, this is the controversial bit, <laughs> is after that, you then tie your person for two years to working with contractor, with iwi, mm-hmm. as part of paying off the debt, you know? Okay. Quick pro quo type deal. Yeah. So, you know, you, you, you're there working with the contractor, still doing what you want to do. Because that's the thing I'm, you know, I'm from the country, you know, I'm from rural, you know, and my, you know, we're looking for people, you know, people outside the city are looking for people to come out to our places, you know, to, to work in, in small towns and, and rural areas, but the draw card isn't there for our mm. engineers, you know, you're not going to get a, you know, 30 something engineer in his prime, you know, um, to come down because you know they're usually looking for the big job, you know the the good one on the CV, the 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 big project management, however you want to look at it. Mm. And those aren't in the country. So trying to find a draw card that both fulfills, builds technical ability in our amongst our people. So you have these our our rangatahi, our our young people that are mm. working in a technical space. You build cultural capability in um our industry you know consultants contractors whoever but then you also look after your people and your land and you know you you are where you want to be you want to be amongst your people so i don't know i was just thinking about it walking around (laughs) walking around town the other day and just a different way to think about things absolutely because the relationships are already there in that sense and you're not Mm. and i think when i think of that um I think of what comes from loss of identity often when you lose or move away mm. from where you feel connected. So not yeah. only that, it's great for like getting more Māori into engineering, which that's 100% a plausible way to do it, but it's also is, is for the betterment of everyone because you have that connection still strong if that person has that connection. Um, yeah absolutely and it's built and the whole thought is built on that is you know Mm. you have to have somebody who who has that connection to start with and that's a difficult thing Mm. you know and then you know the other half of that too is that you know and I see the the downside of course is then you you put a lot of pressure on that person to be the person the one and Mm. you never want to be that so you'd hope sort of the, the golden golden scenario is you have three or four candidates from a single iwi and you can divide it out over them over the um over the thing because yeah there is um our people are doing the best of what they can you know we have our big iwi and our smaller iwi that are settling but with that power that has been handed over and you know the the ability to um have larger says in in infrastructure Mm. like i particularly think of water assets and stuff like that um our iwi are also then struggling with that technical aspect of having somebody who can read the map, can, you know, look at a design and see um, thing. And then they're also, you know, you, I talked to a few people that are in iwi and you're just struggling to find people to fill those positions, to come home. Right. You know? And but yeah. do, you th- do you think a part of that, of struggling to find place or people to come home is, that there's more of a um, focus on that kind of get the big job and all that sort of thing. Or it's, it's a whole plethora of uh, factors, right? Yeah. 
yeah, it's it's the big job, but mm. then that thing that comes with the big job, you know, that stuff that yeah. goes in that thing in your pocket, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I've, I've yeah. said this to a couple of people that maybe we need to think differently about the way we hire in terms of we need to find because short and long of it is that New Zealand's not going to offer the same amount of money as you can make in you know larger countries Australia mm. Mm. UAE in Europe America however so how do you keep people or get people to come back and maybe it's a way maybe it's a way to bring our people back to say hey look you know you're not going to be making six figures here but you are amongst your people you are home mm. you know you can work closely with your people every day you know you, you be there for them and mm. yeah maybe it's a draw card maybe it's not but you don't know until you yep. put it out in the world and see what comes comes up you know exactly true that's a cool way to look at it yeah bit of a different way to think about it because yeah it's the long truth about it <laughs> mm. and that that's what that's what i appreciate about you that it's it's not um yeah you, you don't, you're not tiptoeing on the truth, so I appreciate that. No, that's all good. That's all good. So no, you, you just don't know what what you're going to get until you give it a, give it a go. And mm. it's a hard thing to give a go. I'm not saying that we can pull the trigger and put all these cadetships together and you know do all this tomorrow. But like I said, kick the rock down the road a little bit and a little bit more and a little bit more, and you just never know what's going to come of it. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the fact of that. You just never know what's going to come of it. True, hundred um, percent. I just thinking that I realised I haven't actually asked you on here. As a Maori engineer, are you happy with your experience? I am at this point. I'm yeah. I'm quite happy, but I think that I come from a set of uh, set of circumstances that is a little bit different than than others. Mm. Um, you know, unlike you know, maybe yourself in a way, but mm. those that are, I would actually, you know, I'm going to go so far as to say that it's an unfortunate thing to be out of out of university mm. and straight into a big office or a big team. You know, um, whereas myself, I've gone from a quite a close knit team to another close knit team because. I mean, when I started in my little office in Tomarinui, there was six of us. Cool. Six of us managed the contract. So we've got a nice little office. Um, we know each other. We know our area very well. And, um, yeah, we're very close to this team. And the other trick with it, too, is that we own, we're all working on the same thing. Mm. So we're all on the same project. We all have a single single goal, which is looking after our, our local roads for Ruapehu District Council. And so, yeah, I, I, I'm very happy in my current situation at this point because, yeah, I've got a set of circumstances that's allowing me to succeed quite, quite happily at where I am. Mm -hmm. so where, where I want to be at this point, you know, I want to be in, in the district and I'm amongst people that are like-minded and, um, you know, we're all, we're all hunting for the same thing. So, yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy. Um, in saying that, though, um, I did... When I first started, uh, I did, didn't sort of go anywhere near 
publicizing my my ability to speak Maori or or my knowledge on Maori for the first year I worked at GHD. And that's nothing to do with the company. That's everything to do with the fact that I just wanted to get my feet under the desk, you know, just try and, you know, get get used to the work before I started traveling down a route that could go for a long time, you know, and could, you know, put a lot of uh, extra work on my plate, which is fine because it's work that I, I hope we all hope we'll, we'll come to better, better outcomes and better, better, better things for our people. But um, after that year and, and, and GHD in my company, understanding where I'm uh, coming from and what, what abilities I have, um, it has sort of changed the fact of, you know, they, they do ask me about a lot of things and is this appropriate and stuff? And that's fine. I'd rather mm-hmm. them ask the question than go blind or mm-hmm. not do it at all. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, but I'm happy. I'm very happy in my current position as a Maori engineer, um, soon to be Maori engineer, soon to be sometime in the future. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, I'm I'm happy. Cool. Just my circumstances have turned out very well. Yeah, awesome. Um, say someone was listening and oh, how uh, what I what do I want to ask? <laughs> um. How can we all, instead of going to the quite heavily utilised person who's Māori within the office, mm. to encourage TL Māori within engineering, mm. within the engineering practice, what is your fakaro on doing that effectively and meaningfully? When I get the answer, I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. No, yeah, I'll, I'll put it on the front no. page of the, of, of the, the, the website if you do. Get it. I'm putting some money in my pocket. I'm going to go sell it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that the best the best kickoff point and the best um, the best place to start, in my opinion, is to um, look look at how. Look at your pe- look at the people around you. Like like we talked about before, um, you know, the only dumb question is the question you don't ask, right? Mm, mm. And along the same lines as what I said before, and it is, you know, when you're doing this sort of stuff and you don't know where you're going to start, and you know, and you don't want to ask ask the question because you don't want to seem off, right? You know, it's those sorts of questions that you do need to ask. Mm. Um, and whether it's something you just ask somebody that you trust you know whether it's you know to your boss or to a colleague or to somebody who's you know just someone you 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 know and understand right is always a good place to start in my mind you just sort of reach out and say hey we you know i have this question you know what do we do about approaching iwi about work or you know who can we talk to or thing and yeah i don't know it just seems like the first place to start for me is yeah yeah the hardest question is the one that needs to be asked so try your best to ask I don't know it's about yeah. a, you know not very useful advice but no yeah I appreciate that because I think it kind of evident um or exemplifies that it's still something that everyone's trying to navigate mm, and exactly like like you said like let me know or you'll let me know when you've got the answer so like <laughs> it's it's something yeah yeah. Not many people it's, know exactly what 
the right thing or the right answer is. So everyone's just trying their best and everyone's just trying yeah. to kick that bloody stone um, to make yeah. it better for the next generation. Because we all, or I don't, know, I don't know, I can't say, we all know, but I think the people, the theme through this, this podcast is that we all think that incorporating te ao Māori within engineering is a sustainable, sustainable way that will benefit future generations to come really Mm -hmm. um and how to do that is hard but we know that or to do that will be worth it and is is something to strive for um so i think as we continue this these chats and continue asking questions like this within our own circles as well we'll better understand how we actually do that yeah yeah no you're right and you know we always talk about bringing more people in our Māori into engineering and stuff and, and that's an amazing you know that's a great goal um, and it will help absolutely because you just you never know the nuggets of wisdom that some people have and you just never know the shared experiences that people people will bring to the table um, until until they come on and yeah yeah it's a it's, it's a question that gets harder and harder which is a good thing like if mm. the question got easier and easier that means that we're not really asking the proper questions in my mind. If we're not mm. challenging our thoughts and not not challenging what we're what we're trying to get at, then what are we really doing? We're just yeah. sort of not kicking the rock forward. We're kicking the rock to the side, you know. I love this motif, to, by the uh, way, that we we keep bringing up. <laughs> hey, what well, so can good. I say? It's a it's a good one, you know. Yeah, yeah. All credit. Yeah. <laughs> But no. And what what do you think about your your time in engineering so far? I know you haven't been in industry for too long, but where, where do you stand? What what are your thoughts on uh, where we're moving? In, yeah, in yeah. Um, where we're moving, I think in the in a really um, pleasing direction, but I think mm-hmm. it's when we get less stuck in ways of the past is the only way we're going to move actually forward yeah 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 Yeah. and that's the hard thing Mm. you know there's always the uh the joke you hear around the place about you know the thousand year old brigade that you know the thousand year old you know brigade of people that hold hold our hold our society back you know they're always four hundred year olds that sit in the towers and pull the strings you know Mm. it's not until something moves up there that something moves down here but yeah yeah Yeah, but I I have I agree with that yeah I have it has been really awesome um to see the intention though um whether that be in in higher level kind of leadership team um strategy planning um or even I remember being in a situation where I got um it wasn't it wasn't in my current mahi that I'm at the moment um and I remember I was in an environment where I got told like don't say kilda like we don't say that here and I'm like I'm gonna have what <laughs> um and that kind of reminded me of the different thought patterns that people have um mm. and it makes me um very excited that people within say leadership positions and things like that are opening with mm. a mihi, are opening with their pepeha 
Um, yeah. And I think when we see that concrete things like that um, as an intentional incorporation of te ao Māori and te, uh, te reo yeah. Māori, that makes me really excited for the future. Um, but it's when people walk the walk is when it's different as well. So, yeah, yeah. it's not a very diplomatic answer. Um, but no, that was a perfect answer. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. No, it's, I, I'm, to be honest, I'm sorry that you had to go through that because that's a, that's a terrible thing to have to, to have to hear. You know, you don't, don't speak your language. That's, you know, you would think that's reminiscent of, you know, potentially our grandparents, you know. I know my mm. grandfather was speaking, was speaking Maori. Of course, it's not at that level, but, you know, it's, mm, it's sim mm. there's similarities to be drawn there. And yeah, I'm sorry you had to go through that because that's, yeah. that's a yeah. terrible thing to feel, to feel inside. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah, it, it was. It was a wee while ago, but um, it definitely. Uh, I was. I was fortunate enough to have people around me that it helped set more of a fire in my belly. Mm. So sucks for that person who said that. Because here we yeah. are. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. But yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, we. Um, I remember a time where. Um, it's not similar to that, but you know, you go overseas and you you see the world, and you you get known for you know for one particular thing, especially if you are a Maori male and you go overseas. Maybe you can't guess what it is. <laughs> do do you want me can to you guess? Do a haka? Yeah. You can pick. Can you do a haka? Show me the haka. And it's one of those things where you're like, you know, at least they know something, <laughs> but you still want to think like, no, like you're drunk. In the middle of <laughs> Dublin, you know, <laughs> no, go away. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's definitely not of the same vein as you being told not to speak your language in your own country, but it's just one of those things. It's like, no, like you don't get it, you don't understand what what those words mean and what what we are what we're talking about. Mm. So shush and go away. Hi, hi. Um. Beautiful. I suppose, like, final couple of questions from me, because um, I've completely lost my train of thought from where we were before this, but love this corridor, love this kind of interlude. <laughs> um, <laughs> what would you, I suppose, say someone's interested in engineering and has mm -hmm. been in a job that isn't engineering, what would you say to them to, I don't know, that it can be whatever, whatever, tone you want that to be whether it be positive or negative or anything else no um if you, i think in my mind and this is my own personal opinion here um mm. there's very much a stereotype about engineering and you hear it all the time uh, you, you've probably heard it for yourself or anybody here you know oh i need to be amazing at mathematics to do to do engineering oh i can't do engineering I, I, i'm no good at science you know i can't do any of those things i can't be an engineer um but i know lots of people that are you know that aren't you know amazing mathematicians and you know you can recite every single thing in the physics handbook you know verbatim but it's it's a matter of looking at what skills you have available to you that would cross over relatively easily and, you know, even if you think about, um, you know, chefing, which, you know, not very close to engineering at all, but if you think about it in terms of, well, 
amazing time management, working under pressure, skilled in, in handling multiple tasks, multitasking and things like that. And, and you know, those things engineers need, especially when they're balancing this on that on this. Mm-hmm. And I think the other half of it too, and once again, this is my own thing, is that if you're, it's hard to get out of your comfort zone. Absolutely, I get it. But, you know, this is more for those that are in quite a good job, you know, you know, in another industry, but they're thinking, oh, maybe I will go into engineering. Is that mm-hmm. you might have to just suck it up and take like a low, lower job and work your way through the chain. I am a major proponent of working your way up the chain and doing it from the ground up because you have a lot of appreciation for the workers that you worked as beforehand. Mm. You may just have to, you know, suck it up and jump back down to the bottom of the track to to get a, get a foot in, you know. And it's hard. Like it's mm. a hard thing to do. Like I won't even lie. I didn't even I didn't do it. Like I didn't jump straight to the bottom of the I am at the bottom of the bottom of the pile in the way, but you know, I at least in a similar in a in an industry that was quite similar to engineering or had a lot of engineering involved. So I give I give kudos to any that would want to move in and I would thoroughly um, thoroughly um, support anybody coming from a different career because you never know what a different career is going to, uh, a perspective from a different career field is going to bring. Mm-hmm. You know, you never know the ideas that they're going to have that you never would have thought of. You're never going to have any, uh, you're never going to see those ideas come to fruition unless they make those moves. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a bit humbling. It's a bit sort of think about it in quite a rough way, but if you want to do it, just get amongst it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I suppose a lot. Also, a lot of ways. Um, I heard something not too long ago about how passion almost always comes from action first. Like you need to do the thing, mm-hmm. see if you like it, and then once it lands, you're like, oh yeah, absolutely. Like you're not gonna realize your passion or realize that you really, really like something by sitting and not mm-hmm. actioning something. Yeah. When I, I was lucky enough, I was fortunate enough to do an exchange year in, in the States. And I always think about it now is that I really wished I, I had um, sawn through and gone and played American football. So I do love oh, American wow. football now. I watch a lot of it and 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 um thing and I really wish I had played just to just to see what it had like what it was like. And uh yeah, it's those sorts of things. That was oh geez, that was eleven years ago now that that opportunity came across and yeah, I'll still think about it now. So you just oh, don't wow. know until you give it a shunt. Yeah. Give it a shunt. So, yeah. That's a great. Yep. A... <laughs> I, I come from a train town. And, you know, <laughs> people who move wagons around in the yard are called shunters. So yeah. give it a shunt. That, that, that could be, that could be a, a something. If anything echoes in your in your mind after this, if you find out, it should be give it a shunt. Whenever you're doubting. <laughs> Why not? That can, that can be it. Oh Lord, I'm not going to hear the end of this from Ray. I can feel it. <laughs> Amazing. Um, I'm all questioned out. Do you have anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up? Uh, yeah, why not? Um, I suppose one thing is that as at Alfano online, um, mm. we always think of, and this is me speaking to my own ego here. Um, we always want to think about the things that are going to make us. As a, as a singular person, not just as Māori, but as humans. 
that mm. are going to make our our journey better and make our, ourselves look better. But I think we need to sort of change our perspective to what's going to be the best for us as a whole, you know, mm. and, and, and our, our sort of work together. And, um, you know, working together with, with, and with your people, and if you don't have that opportunity, working with those that have the opportunity to work with our people is work that will work will, that'll do better may not do better now may not do better in a year may not do better in five years but you know 10 years down the track 20 years down the track you know we, you never you know you might see some amazing things come from your little part that you played in in the big circle of life because you know and this is just probably me being a father to be honest you know you always think about the what you want to leave to your kids and you know i want to leave to our our mokopuna our tamariki mm-hmm. a world that where we've we can definitively say we did our bit and you know we are doing our bit to create a world where should they want to step in our footsteps i i believe that you know me as a technician not not a qualified you know bachelor's engineer i may have a kid who has or 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 whanaunga that then goes on to get a bachelor's degree who then will raise a child who then get a doctorate you know to then walk on the moon and walk on Mars and do all that sort of stuff. And, you know, that's the sort of things that I, I'd love to see for not just our people, but for all of humanity is that we move our, our waka together mm. to, um, to whether it's a toe at a time, whether it's, you know, kicking the rock down, but we, we can sit here and say, like our people before us, those that paved the way for us, our tipuna, that we, we kept moving with them and we kept their momentum going and that their the sacrifices that they made should be continued and you know we hold those things dear our real you know our, our mana whenua, our status in this country in the world and those things that they fought for survival so that way we can thrive we can then pass that on to you know infinite success in the future is the way i i uh, way i'd like to think about it and then another thing I'd like to say is just once again, thank you to you for putting this outlet for us, for our people and our non-Maori people out there who listen to, to have a listen to what, what we're talking about and what we want to say. And yeah, thank you very much. Ngā mihi ki Oh, that's beautiful. When you were saying that, my eyes um, lifted up to a frame photo of my granddad and I who... I yeah, who like yours, Bedna um speaking his real and I I think if we all just take action to do something bigger than what than than what we are as individuals, like you were saying, then here come excited for the future. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Thank you for that. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> I think it's a beautiful way to finish if you're happy with that. Yep, I'm happy. I'm happy. Okay. Cool. So, like, do us a to close off, eh? That would be beautiful. Okay. Are you know what, Tato? Etamatua tene mato, etu who might know ya queer, your fakatoria mato Ka mauri a mai te aroha i runga tātou, e noho mai i rotu i a ao te aroa i rotu i te ao, mena he maori mena 
harikauhe Māori, mai, mai tēnei whenua, mai tēnei whenua, tēnei te mihiki a koe mō tā are are tangiunga mai ki a mātua inu, mai tēnei tuna kōrero i tēnei pō. Anō reira tēnei te mihiki a koe i te, I te, I roto i te aroha e nei kōrero tēnei te mihiki a koe. Āmini. Āmini. Kia ora. Kia ora.